alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh We understand our identity. We will know our strength. We will know our weaknesses. We will know our roles. We know what we are here for. What we are supposed to do. It is who you are that determines what you do. Sometimes what you do becomes your identity. It may not be completely all that you do, but one aspect of what you do, people may use it to identify you. The Ummah, for instance, Allah already gives what the Ummah is supposed to be, what the Ummah is supposed to do. You are the best of community evolved for mankind. Why are you the best? Because you command what is good, what and how munkar, and you forbid what is evil, and you believe in Allah. Those three qualities have distinguished you from the rest of the people on earth. So identity, that is what is identity. Identity is who you are to yourself and who you are to other people. Identity is a lifetime project and sometimes it's an accomplishment that a person will cherish to say, yes, I've been able to identify myself. This is who I am. In human history, you see that people have stories of persons and nations that are willing to go to many lengths to preserve and establish their own identity. They want to be known for something. They want to be recognized for something. They want to be accepted as something. Either this is, um, um, either they are born with this or they gave it to themselves. And that's the same thing with our self-identity. How do you, what do we mean by self-identity? To identify yourself is to recognize yourself, is to single out yourself from a crowd, it is to pick out yourself from other people, it is to pinpoint who exactly you are, it is to put your finger on yourself, or sometimes it is for you to put a name to yourself. One of the things Allah did for Adam is Allah says, وَعَلَّمَ آدَمَ الْأَسْمَاءَ كُلَّهَا Allah taught Adam the names of things. And Allah now turns to the angels and said, Tell me the names of all of these things. If indeed you are truthful, if indeed you know. And you see, <clears throat> what is the name that you attach to something? If you go to the hospital and you say, I have headache or I'm, I'm uh, feeling cold, the doctor will say, let's run a test so that we know what name particularly to call what is wrong with you so that we know what medication we are going to recommend for what is wrong with you. If a doctor doesn't know what to call what is wrong with you, he cannot tell you what to use as medicine. So what is your name? How do you identify yourself and what is your self-identity? Your self-identity, therefore, is combining the various rules that a person fulfills throughout their lives, and these rules determine how they view themselves. And sometimes one or another of these rules may be most important in the eyes of the individual, at a point, a particular role is important to you and you want to be 
identified with that role. Some roles would disappear completely as new ones manifest. So as a result, the primary role of everybody and their self-identity can change due to life changes, circumstances, and many other things that we do in life. So one identity may not remain forever for a particular person. At the point you are a student, at the point you are a manager, at the point you are single, at the point you are married, and at the point even when you are married, you become a mother. Your roles will change from one point to the other. At the point you have your first degree, at the point you have master's, at the point you have PhD, and at the point you become a professor. And all of these roles determine what people call us. And people have different roles in life. And unfortunately, sometimes, because of these changing roles, people are not able to particularly pinpoint who exactly they are. They are not able to tell precisely what is their core identity. So this can change many times through a person's lifestyle. But let's, lifetime, but let's look at the components of this self-identity of a thing. It's about how you think about yourself, about your actions, and how do you view your place in the society? Where do you belong in the society? Some individuals seek to validate their own ideas about themselves through some of their actions, that's this is what I do, and through some of their achievements. This is what I've achieved. In fact, somebody's identity now is that I'm a landlord because has now built a house. Before he built a house, he didn't call himself landlord. And so through some of the things people have achieved, they want to say, this is my identity. Some people evaluate themselves or their identity with the identity that they aspire to, to have. They have not reached there. But because they are thinking they want to get there, they are already taking that identity. Sometimes it can be self-deceptive. You are not there, but because you, are, you mingle with people who are there, you think and you assume that you are there. This is not who you are, but because you live around certain group of people, you begin to identify with them, and then you even think this is who you are. Sometimes, some of this self-identity is a composite of so many rules, like we have said, and it is affected by many other items in your life, including your social identity. In other words, sometimes our identities can be determined by the roles we play in life, maybe your political affiliations, I'm a politician, or you say you belong to this political party, or because of your role as a gender. You are a woman, you are a female, you are a feminine, and then you do all the female things that people do. That's your gender role as a woman, as a mother, as a wife. Then we have religious roles that can also determine our identity. You are a scholar, you are a malam, you are an imam, you are a teacher. And so you see someone, you say, who you see, that's, that's an imam. Well, that's our imam, that's his identity. In fact, some imams have assumed that religious role and identity to the extent that they have what we refer to as um, religious couture, that is religious fashion. Maybe he wears turban every time. Maybe he likes to be seen wearing white all the time. Maybe he likes to wear al-kibba every time. Um, Mufti Mink, what does he wear every time? 
Okay, you see Al-Kibba, you see his um, uh, head uh, scarf. You hardly see him in turban, right? Aha, uh -huh. and sometimes he dresses like people where he visits, sometimes. And that's a very wise thing to do. So people, yes. <laughs> yes, there are religious rules that make people to be identified in some things. If you say a Christian pope or a monk or a pastor, they also have their own dressing that enhances and, 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 and you know, emphasize their rules by virtue of their identity. They identify themselves by the way they dress. So you see a celestial cherubim and seraphim, you see the way he dresses. You see a deeper life pastor, you see the way he dresses. And you see some of these other churches with their suits and tie, that's how they want to be identified. So that is your identity by virtue of your role, right? And you've got to know what your roles are and what you are doing in the society. Then your identity can also be as a result of your self-esteem. That's how you evaluate yourself and how you evaluate your own general worth. Self-esteem can increase or decrease due to so many factors, external events and things like that. In other words, your self-esteem has a significant impact on the identity that you give yourself. How do you look at yourself? Who do you think you are? The way you place yourself sometimes will let us know what your identities are. Your esteem as a person, how do you rate yourself, can determine how you identify yourself. If you are somebody of honor and respect and you have that self-esteem, self-confidence, people will rate you like that. And if it's the other way around, your identity will be affected by your self-esteem, right? And then if a person's identity is not recognized by virtue of their self-esteem, you know, like the things they have achieved and so on and so forth that makes them to be happy and proud of themselves, Social identity can also give you, um, uh, can also identify you. That's the identity. How do you identify yourself? Which class of the society do you identify with? Which group of the society are you a member of? This identity is related to the role that you play in that particular group in the society, either as a father or a religious leader or a political leader, or a teacher, or a counselor. That determines your identity. That means what you do in your society. Sometimes your social identity is affected by the society's expectations so that the social identity may be more performed than real. Sometimes it is not really who you are, but it is a role you have to carry out in society that makes people to call you or identify you with that. Sometimes maybe because of your job, if you're a policeman, yes, that is, you have some roles to play in society so people identify you both with that profession and the kind of things you do. It may necessarily not be that the policeman is a law-abiding person. His own core identity may not be that he's really a respectable, law-abiding person. But because he's a policeman, he will behave himself in public, especially when he's wearing the uniform, right? Look at the doctor, medical doctor, that will tell you to take care of your health and everything. 
and he wears his uh, lab coat and doctor coat off with the um, with some of these devices he will hang on his neck. But when he's not in the hospital, you will see him drinking and smoking. Allah knows best. So there are many examples we can give when it comes to self-identity. That is who you are, what you do, sometimes changing from one region to another, like you mentioned earlier on. Some people, will their lifestyle will change completely when they turned from another religion and they become Muslims. Some people leave Islam and go to other religion too. So that changes their identity. Sometimes earning a college degree, you have gone to school, you, are, you now have masters, you pass your exams. Somebody will say, I'm now called to bar. Yes, I'm a lawyer now. I'm a barrister at law. That's a change in identity. I'm, I'm just telling you some of the things that um, are examples of changes in our identity. A person will say, yes, I was a student now, I graduated from Susan so place. Another person will say, I graduated from Wales, from Harvard, mashallah. Many people have, um, you know, self-esteem based on the school they went to and the extra degrees they have earned in school. I graduated from Susan so. Another person will be talking to you, will say, well, I remember when I was doing my master's in Oxford, mashallah. It's just making you to understand, look, my identity has changed. I'm not who I used to be. And somebody said, uh, will say, well, I, I was doing my PhD in, uh, <laughs> wow, mashallah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a way of uh, boosting your self-esteem, you know, um, emphasizing your identity, that I am now Susan. So, do, so don't call me just by name like that. Add doctor to my name. And uh, some other person will get angry if you call him doctor because he's now a professor. He wants you to say he's a professor. That is his own new identity, mashallah. Then sometimes, because of election or appointment to an office, identity will change. An ordinary person will become honorable, so, 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 and so. His excellency, her excellency. In fact, some will get very angry if you call them by their names. If you don't put honorable or if you don't put uh, your excellency, aha, all of those things because of the election. After the election, uh, after his tenure, what does he become? Former, former so, 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 and so. <laughs> Allah Akbar. May Allah have mercy on us. So the thing, is, the thing is, some of these things we like to identify ourselves with. Now you get the gist now. People want to be identified as this or as that. This is self-identity. And we are, we are coming to where it's going to be very interesting to you now. But let's look at some of these exercises. I want you to try on your own. You take a piece of paper and you write down the heading, who am I? Yes, write who am I at the top. And then you begin to put, I am, I am a, so, 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 or I am an, so, whatever, whatever. I am, so, so, I want you to name, 20, 20 identities of yours. It's going to be very difficult. You may get the first uh, lines straight away. That's five, six, but after then it becomes very difficult. You have to ensure that you continue until you are able to get to 20. Are you ready to do it? Do it on your own. I am, now, everything about you. Good, bad, and whatever. Everything I am, so, so, so. 
I am an so 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 I am a so 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 under the who am I? Then you now look at all of the twenty of them, and you study which of them did you identify yourself with primarily? Which of them is most prominent and most reasonable among the things you have identified yourself to be? Do you identify yourself in relation to other people? Do you understand what I mean? I am a sister of so so. I am a son of so so and so. Or I am Mrs. Susan because I'm the wife of Susan So. Or I am Mr. Susan So because I'm the husband of Susan So. Do you identify yourself as the mother of Susan So or the father of Susan So? Do you identify yourself in terms of your belief? I'm a Muslim. Do you identify yourself in terms of your affiliations or, or political uh, uh, stance? I am a member of So 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 Party. Do you identify yourself in terms of your emotions? Do you say I am happy or I'm a happy person? Or you say I'm a confused person or I am angry? Do you identify yourself in terms of abstract qualities like members of human species? I'm a God-fearing person. I'm a very, very upright person. You, use yourself, you describe yourself in terms of your qualities and characteristics. If you look at all of these, it's going to give you an insight into who you are or who you have ever been thinking that you are. And that's not all. If you can, ask other people about you. Who do they think you are? Who do you think I am? Give it to somebody to do it for you. In your office, let the office colleagues write for you. Maybe 10. In fact, they may have up to 100 to write about you. If you can do this, then look at what, compare what you think you are to what other people think you are. And then you may be able to have an idea of exactly who have you ever been thinking you are all through your life. Have you been getting it rightly or you have been getting it wrongly? Before I move towards the conclusion, let me ask you a question. Can a person have more than one identity? There are some human beings that have not the one that they pretend by themselves. But there are some people who say they have dissociative identity disorder. They call it DID. That's multiple personality disorder. And that is um, it's a mental condition. People with DID, they have two or more separate identities. Three personalities control their behavior at different times, sometimes more than three. Sometimes 10 different personalities control their behavior at different times. Sometimes. Sometimes they have different personalities at different times. They do different things at different times and they believe they are whatever thing they were doing at that particular time. This is a very rare case. And in Islamic spirituality, we believe that some of such people have gene problems with them. In the mainstream psychology or psychoanalysis or mental health uh, practition, uh, practi uh, according to mental health practitioners, they think this doesn't have any cure. And they, they think that this happens to people arbitrarily. But in Islamic spirituality, we know some people are possessed by genes, not one, not two, several. So at the point, the person will behave like a calm, gentle person. At another time, the person will behave like a very hard, you know, hot-tempered person. Something that resembles bipolar disorder. But do understand very well that sometimes the personalized or the realization disorder may also affect the person. It will make the person, uh, cause the person a feeling of detachment from their actions. 
He will do something and you'll say, why did you do it? You say, no, I'm not the one that did it. I didn't do it. The person may actually carry out these actions that you know that he couldn't have done it, but he is the one you see doing it. For example, the person may carry heavy things or destroy the whole house. And you say, but why did you do all of it? You say, no, I didn't do it. He will do what 50 people could have done. So that's another disorder. And some people have dissociative amnesia or problems remembering information about themselves. They can't remember some things about themselves from time to time, or sometimes he cannot even remember at all. He cannot even remember that he went to primary school, and he cannot remember that he had a certificate. Any day he now sees a certificate, he wonders, whose is it? The name resembles mine. I cannot remember uh, having PhD from Harvard, something like that. So some people also have crisis with their identity, sometimes because of low self-esteem. Identity crisis is there. Some people will call it midlife crisis for some people. Identity crisis may come for somebody who is neither a, a, a boy nor a man. That is for teenagers. Sometimes they have this identity crisis. It's not a man yet and it's not a boy anymore. And for some people who have passed the age of 40, they may have um, midlife crisis. He's not a young person again and he's not an old man either. So you see them do all sorts of things within that time. Feelings of hopelessness will be there for some people. Feeling of worthlessness, feeling as if, have I failed in life? Have I been able to achieve what I need to achieve? Lots of interest in things they normally enjoy. They start getting more fatigued. They get tired easily. Irritability is there. Changes in appetite, weight, and so, those kind of things. They may have difficulty in concentrating. They have low energy levels and low motivation. And some of them, in order to overcome some of these things, if it is midlife crisis, you see them go to look for sugar girls. You see them playing away games. You see them womanizing. You see them joining clubs. You see them joining cults. Some of them, you see them joining political parties, even when he knows he cannot win anything. It is part of the crisis of identity. He doesn't know who to call himself anymore. Some cases, if it is women, sometimes they get depressed because they don't really know who they are again. And then they have a feeling of lust or they are so aimless. They feel, so what is actually happening in my life? Sometimes they don't feel a sense of purpose or they don't understand the values of their lives when they are going through this identity problem. Sometimes they are emotionally scattered. They have difficulty regulating their emotions. Now he's smiling, now he's crying. I mean, now she's smiling, now she's crying. She doesn't really know who she is again. Then there's this increased feelings of insecurity. That's why you see many women contemplate divorce to live a marriage of 20 years. Sometimes increased feelings of anxiety and depression and they don't know why. It's because, probably because they are going through a lot of identity crisis, identity problem. They don't really know who they are as such anymore. Now, when people want to determine who precisely they are or who precisely they are supposed to be, many things will determine this identity. However, there are so many reasons why people have to make a change in the definition of their identity. When you go into marriage, or among the reasons why you want to go into marriage, is possibly for you to ascertain 
an identity for yourself. Either to drop or to adopt an identity. You now have um, hopefully found your ways to understand that it depends on our identity. Who do we think we are? What are our roles in society? As an ummah, what are the things that identify us? As, apart from our dressing and our appearance and our couture, what are the things that distinguish us? What are the things that define us? And what are the things that rarefy us? That makes us to be special? What are the things that makes us to excel? Allah says, Allah will send his messenger with guidance and religion of truth so that it can supersede every other way of life. Our destiny is supersession. That is our goal. We are to supersede every other way of life. If you are looking for the best person to lead an organization, you should be looking for a Muslim. If you are looking for the best person with the best of quality, leadership quality and character to lead a nation, you should be looking for a Muslim. Why? Because it's refined, it's rarefied. If you are looking for a scholar that's brilliant and intelligent, you should look for a Muslim. But if we are not doing that, that means we are not upholding our strength as an ummah. If you are not doing that as an individual, it means you are getting weakened as an individual. So may Allah make it easy for us. Find your identity and see the best of what you can do about who you are and who Allah has described and defined you to be. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.